you know, everybody was a beginner at some point in, as a musician. Everybody should have a ukulele. A ukulele in every home. <laughs> it's a privilege and an honor to be part of this legacy. That is Abby Lighthold Gersma. Her family has owned Lighthold Music in downtown La Crosse for four generations. That's a long time to be selling instruments and helping people discover a lifelong love of playing music. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City, and you can subscribe to this podcast for free at AroundRiverCity.com. You can go to anywhere that you download your podcasts and subscribe there. It's absolutely free to do that, and you'll get an alert every time we have a new episode of the podcast. When we come back, we're going to get right into it with Abby Lighthold. We'll talk about how good you have to be on an instrument to enjoy playing it. Spoiler alert, not super good. It's okay. You can still enjoy playing. We'll also talk about being a part of lacrosse and the absolutely gorgeous renovations that have been happening at the store in downtown lacrosse. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. The other day, I had a chance to stop by Lighthold Music in downtown La Crosse and check out the absolutely gorgeous renovations that have gone on on the inside and outside of that building. Absolutely beautiful. And I had a chance to sit down and talk with Abby Lighthold Gersma about the business and about her family. I am the co-owner and co-manager of Lighthold Music. My brother Paul and I are fourth generation owners of this music store. Wow, fourth generation. That's kind of incredible because most family businesses don't survive past the second generation. So we've been doing it for over 130 years. We seem to have more of that kind of family business in La Crosse than a lot of other places do. There's um, you know, a handful of businesses downtown that have been going for over 100 years. Rose Jewelers, yeah. Kroners. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of us here. Do you all have some kind of a club? Do you get together somewhere on Fridays and <laughs> <laughs> toast to your longevity? No, no. <laughs> You know, as we were setting up here, I, I jokingly said, "My, if I'm being honest, here's my first question, and I'm going to ask it. Why do you keep doing this? I mean, this is, uh, is, is it for the money? Is it for the fame? <laughs> it's not for the money. No, not for the fame. Um, it's just that it, it's so much fun to watch people enjoy making music. And most of our customers are not... Um, professional musicians. They're the hobbyist musicians. They're very beginners. They're parents of, um, of middle school students or of elementary school students who are just experiencing that first taste. Or maybe they are retired people who decided now's the time I have time to take piano lessons or such. So we just have so much fun e- e- exploring that and expanding people's horizons and saying Let, let's let's help you make music what can we do find you a teacher find you the right instrument for your budget and for your your needs um and it, it that's what turns us on it, it's it's a lot of fun yeah do you do you remember back in the days i'm assuming you play an instrument i do what do you play um <laughs> my uh my college degree is in pipe organ, so I'm a church musician. Well, that's I, a common p- one. P- p- <laughs> uh, piano. It was music business, um, but piano, uh, vocal, and then I played played in band through college as okay. well. A pipe organ degree. Pipe, well. So does your diploma on the wall say, like, doctor of pipe organ? <laughs> no. It's, 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 a, it's a bachelor's of arts and music business. 
Wow. But pipe organ. I'm, I'm kind of fixated on that. That's pretty... <laughs> how often do you get to play a pipe organ? I don't do it too much, but I, I'm very active in uh, my music ministry at church. Okay. So was there pressure on you as a little kid? I imagine, you know, there were three generations then that had been running the store. So I, I'm going to assume there was some pressure to play an instrument. Well, I guess there wasn't pressure. It was excitement because they were doing it. It was a good peer pressure. Yeah. You know, so they're doing I want to do that too. I want to have fun making. Who's they? Um, my parents and my older, older siblings, you know, the, um, the three of them were in, were in band and choir. And I wanted to do that too. I wanted to have the same kinds of experiences yeah. that they were doing. Um, it's very a very communal experience, you know, being in band and choir. That's a good word, communal. And I think we need more of those things in the world today, I think, in, in our lives. But can you well, tell that's also something that we focus on, too, is lifelong music making. Um, that I said, you know, the, the retired person taking music lessons, but also we support the Capo Concert Band, Hearses Here, Saturdays during the school year. We support Lacrosse Concert Band, who um, give concerts in the park on Wednesdays. Um, we support, uh, I'm, I'm I'm a member of UWL Choral Union. Uh, my brother helps out with the Cooley Region Gospel Choir. So as many lifelong music-making opportunities there are, we want to just make sure people just don't stop just because they're not in a school class. Right. Or, why not? This is fun. Right. Was there music in your home as a kid all the time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my dad always came, came to, the, to work, but my mom was a music teacher and, and a church musician. She was a church musician for over 50 years at the same church. Um, so we always were making music um, at, at church and um, in our homes that someone was always practicing instruments or playing together, and my brother would break out the guitar. And we, I mean, even in, the, in car rides, you know, he'd be, we'd be singing songs, camp songs in the backseat of the, of the station wagon type of a thing. So it was, it was always encouraged. It wasn't, um, we, we were encouraged to do our best, but we didn't have to be the best. So we, our parents always wanted us to make sure we were enjoying it. Well, that's good. I think sometimes that's, that part is lost sometimes when we educate ourselves on something and is that, you, you know, there are other things than being the best. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, everybody was a beginner at some point in, as a musician, but not everybody makes it to Carnegie Hall. I'm, and I've sung in Carnegie Hall. I sang with UWL Choral Union uh, a couple decades ago, wow. but that doesn't mean that I'm any better, but I enjoy singing that and making music. So you can enjoy making music at any level, and that's very important. And it's also important for other musicians to support other musicians. That, that just because they're not very good, if they're trying and enjoying it, you've got to praise them and encourage them. And I think we can take the joy out of it. You know, how many people said, you know, I dropped out of choir because my teacher said I couldn't sing on pitch, you know, but that's the teacher's fault. That's yeah, not this. Yeah. So we can really ruin it for people, but we can also really make it yeah. really good for yeah. people. Well, and I also say that some people are naturals and some aren't. You know, there's... Um, there's athletes, professional athlete, athletes who are just natural. They're just really sure. good at what they do, um, but they still have to rehearse with, or rehearse, they have to still practice with the team, and they still have to work out. They still have to improve themselves. And then there's other athletes who are good because they work their butts off at it, because they work right. really hard. And so it's the same thing with musicians that, um, that some are just naturally good at it, you know. My, my brother can, I think, I swear he can play any instrument and do anything really well, where um, my sister had to work a little bit harder at her, her, her um, 
musicality at some some instruments and such so but they were both very very successful in their in their professions yeah walking around the the store today it this is a bustling place I'm hearing uh, horns. I think I heard a little bit of something, or I heard some strings being yeah, played. Yeah, there's and some violin and cello lessons going on right now. Um, there's piano lessons. Um, upstairs we have uh, the band instrument repair, so they're tooting on a okay. saxophone here and there, or trumpet or trombone. And uh, um, there was somebody trying out a guitar downstairs. And um, just, yeah, lots of things going on. What's the most popular instrument, do you think? I haven't looked it up lately. It used to be guitar. That seemed like the obvious That answer. was always because it was very portable. But you know what? Come Christmas time, we sell a lot of ukuleles. Those you have know, become super is, popular. It's so accessible. It's, it's inexpensive. Anybody can play it. All ages can play it. You, can, you only need both to play three chords. There's, you know, the... The Cheeseland Uke Band, who's helping people again, lifelong music making people, helping people learn how to play without being great. You can just yeah. sit down and play. Um, we've got an upcoming um, children's ukulele camp coming, but it's just, it's it's fun. And, and and again, no judgment. You know, you don't have to be really good at it. You can get really good at it, but you can have a lot of fun just doing simple things. Yeah, and I remember hearing the stories of uh, Paul McCartney would tell of going to visit George Harrison, especially when George was sick and sitting down and playing a ukulele <laughs> and singing songs with George. So I, and I don't know if, if that helped, but it seems like ukuleles have been very popular for the last 10 years or oh, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huh. Maybe we should all have a ukulele. I think you should. Everybody should have a ukulele. That's cool. A ukulele in every home. <laughs> How, do you know... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or two or three. Maybe that's a new Lighthold Music tagline, <laughs> a ukulele in every home. So tell me about this room that we're in. We're in Studio One, is this? This is Studio One. And yeah. beautiful, kind of on the backside of the store. But the my gosh, the windows in here are spectacular. Yeah, um, well, this building is over 130 years old. and So it when, was here when the family moved in to start doing business. Yeah, we're the second owner of it. It was a Tillman Furniture um, Furniture Brothers when we bought the store, okay. bought the building in 1964. Um, but over, you know, 100 years, you know, windows started to uh, um, collapse a little bit. So we just kind of boarded things up and made, covered up some windows that weren't um, open to the public as much. And, um, but more windows started to break and we just, it was time to do some renovation. And so the city of La Crosse had a facade renovation grant, a very small grant to get us going. And it got us started on doing things more historically accurate as well. And so we got together with a Mark Zettler of Zettler Design. He's our um, the architect on this. And he did all his research and said, you know, um, if you do this right, you could get um, state and federal tax credits mm. to help pay for this. So we're like, okay, well, what does that entail? So this room here is kind of special to me because Studio One is where my mom taught piano lessons um, to the four to seven-year-old for over Aww. 30 years. And when she passed, she never saw this window here. So this window has been had been pretty much closed up, um, only a couple of windows. So we For the whole time that she was using the room. Oh. So we restored this grand window in the back side of the store. Um, and we've restored then what most people see is on the front side of the store, the, the yeah. what we see is a recital room that was all boarded up. 
and I can't ask my parents, they're not here to say why that was, but we suspect it was because of um, fuel efficiency. The, the windows are quite large that maybe in the 1960s it just wasn't feasible to do that, or because we had signs, there were flying signs that um, were, were, were hanging out over that. But um, there's some pretty spectacular things here, but um, that recital room is, is pretty darn special that it's lit up. Yeah, up that's a night. beautiful room. I, I'm fascinated by this room, though, because there's a desk here. Tell me about the desk. It's a, I think that's a desk or, yeah. Yeah, an old roll-top desk that was my grandfather's, and then I remember my grandmother using it, and um, my dad brought it up here for my mom to use. So it's a lot of of love and heritage in these things. Yeah, do you ever get a chance to stop and think about, I mean, you're surrounded by family here. It is. It's like getting a big hug. (laughs) So I never knew my grandfather, um, or obviously my great-grandfather, but um, um, it's... It's a privilege and an honor to be part of this legacy that um, it's, it's, it's not, I'm, you know, there's, there's no fame to it, but it's, as I said, it's a privilege because my parents worked so hard and with honesty and integrity to do their thing to help other people make music where my mom was teaching, my dad was helping other people find, helping people find their instruments and stuff that, that that's exciting for us to be able to, to be part of the next generation of helping, helping students and do you get tired of people telling you how beautiful the building looks? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what was your first thought when you saw it? What did you, the, the big reveal, how did it affect you? Uh, it, it's stunning. And, and then you think of the, the craftsmanship. That this, this happened in the 1890s, 1880s, yeah. that people were building these buildings, you know, before indoor plumbing and indoor electricity and those types yeah. of things. And just the... the this building has good bones and we have not changed much of it the second floor here where we've added the teaching studios and such um, but we, the main floor is virtually unchanged except for the one wall um, by the um, by the stairwell um, so we haven't you know destroyed any of the his- history of that but now we're revealing them and then to have some of the contractors come in and, and work and and that was that was also an interesting experience because I've never done a construction project. I don't. I've never built a house or anything right, like that, right. you know. So working with contractors and such, and <laughs> and and you know, we didn't we didn't pick the fastest or the cheapest contractors, but we really picked people who 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 were craftsmen who knew their stuff, who knew how to do it historically to follow the rules, so that we could you know keep those tax credits, um, be able to use those for part of the the part of the yeah. payments and such. But just good local good local people so there's just a lot of craftsmen and, yeah. and I just had a lot of um, awe and um, disrespect mm-hmm. respect for that well there's a lot of similarities between musicianship uh, the, the kind of craftsmanship that it takes to to create a building like this and remodel it and and, and any kind of creative art I think that's artisanship mm-hmm. there's there's similarities. You're you're kind of speaking the same language, but just in a little different direction, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole downtown is just. Uh, I know when I moved to town in 1992, it was kind of no offense to anybody or anything. It was a little blah. And this this uh, I call it a renaissance that we've been going through for a while now um, is just amazing. I'm still I, I still look around and wonder. Uh, you know, at how beautiful this downtown is. And look up. 
Yeah. I'm always telling people, okay, when you're looking down the street, but look up because it's not just that storefront. If you see an empty storefront, there's probably something going on behind there, but look up at all the detail in the buildings, um, the windows, um, just uh, all that other craftsmanship that it's not just not not just a, a sidewalk. Right. And the and the the painted walls with with your name on them. <laughs> I mean, that must be some pressure, huh? <laughs> Your name, and what is that, five-foot letters up on the side of the building? <laughs> well, I'm more proud of the, the new sign in the front of the building, so look at it closely because there's actually five, the, the new sign that's in front of the prism glass is, um, there's five lines like a staff, and there's oh. a treble clef behind the Lighthold Music um, letters there, so okay. that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. Okay. Did you help design that? Well, we just made sure that it was um, matching our, our current logo and current okay. yeah, fonts and such. But okay. what's, what was, again, craftsmanship is that our old sign was hiding the prism glass. And so if, if you look behind the Lighthold Music sign, there it's on 4th Street there, um, facing the street, you'll see these three-inch square little pieces of glass. And this is why I'm telling people to look up because we had, have one of the largest installations of this prism glass. We didn't know it was there. Our architect says, you know you got prism glass there. I'm like, what's wow. that? I don't know. It was behind the sign. We took the sign down and like, wow. So it was all intact. We just had to do some reinforcements and such. Wow. But other businesses around town, as they're um, redoing their facades, they're adding prism glass or trying to restore it and such. So that design, that sign, we wanted to do something wow. that could... Um, highlight it, you know, still, so you could see that prism glass um, and, and still see Lighthold music. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of that. Um, removing some of the 60s, 70s, 80s, well, I guess what we thought was beautification, I suppose. Removing and a friend the, called it mid-century and I'm like, yep, 1950s, yeah, 1960s, yeah. mid-century. <laughs> yeah, but removing a lot of that has just really... Uh, I, it seems to me brought the downtown to life and the, the town. How do you, how do you perceive it as a, a, do you see it as a renaissance being a business person too in downtown La Crosse? Well, yeah, people are excited. They like to come downtown and, and, you know, you struggle with being a, <laughs> a legacy business or you, because we've been in business for 135 years, whatever it is, it doesn't make us better but it gives us history and it gives us experience but the same thing with some these other things downtown is that you know, not everybody likes old but you know they like they like the investment in the community that people are taking care of buildings and not just you know tearing them down because you know they don't want like like the way they look or they, you know they just, right. they're not taking care of them type of a thing so um so it's the investment and people like that and and seeing that things are being used well yeah yeah well yeah it's nice to see us embracing the old as a person who has not so recently become old uh, <laughs> I do I, I appreciate this embracing the old <laughs> so I think it's a I think it's a good thing I think it's a very good thing what are you looking forward to well I'm I'm looking forward to just more people being able to make music and just making sure that we can kind of get back to where we were pre-COVID, that people are making music in schools and sharing that. Um, so it's really kind of building back some of those those programs, um, the, the, the group music making. Um, we're still 
struggling with some supply chain issues so we just have to be patient and our consumers have to be patient on some things too but you know we're learning that i think across yeah. the board and everything yeah. that we do i think so. there's nothing that is not been affected by that so you know the cost of paper went up so you know like the lesson book um the, the oh, schools yeah. we're using went up a dollar uh, you know a book and which was very surprising but it was the cost of paper you know it was, it's just very strange so things you don't think about yeah yeah so just looking forward to that and it just people as i said being patient and we're just doing things a little bit differently but also just getting back to making music together and being able to share that that i hope that the pandemic people learn to appreciate music making more that we missed it so much and and that um so it wasn't just the professionals that were missing their income but it was also we didn't get to go go watch the shows we didn't get to mm -hmm. see the plays the theater the 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 live music performances we didn't get to play in the band we didn't get to sing in the choirs you know so we missed that again that communal aspect and and let the lifelong music so we're making music in our homes and there was a there was a nice surge of people learning to play um piano in their you know, and going back to piano lessons and such but it's just it wasn't the same as being able to do it in groups or together and sharing it yeah music i mean you can play a piano in an empty room but there's something about i mean it's to be shared absolutely and there's always that importance of even if you aren't a music maker it's not for everybody but if you're not a music maker you can be a music supporter we need people mm -hmm. in audiences we need encouragers at all levels again making sure that we're encouraging people at, at any level don't make fun of those mistakes you know it's like everybody makes, makes mistakes you know mm -hmm. you're, not, you're not perfect and and that's all part of the learning process and you don't know how this, maybe this is really good compared to how well that person played a year ago yeah well and just how you've been up on stage performing i mean you're burying your soul out there is saying okay i'm gonna try to do this <laughs> and I'm hoping it goes well, and I hope you like it. And boy, that's really a vulnerable Vul place to put yourself. I was just going to say vulnerable, yeah. yeah. It's kind of exciting, though, too, isn't it? It is. And if, if you love it, if you love the music, if you love what you're, the, the kind of music you're sharing, you want to share it with others, hope it makes an impact. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for being a part of downtown lacrosse. The, the, the building is beautiful, but I think... It's what happens within the building that is probably the best part of what you do. The, Thank you. The sound in here and just the, uh, for you personally, surrounded by, you're surrounded by family everywhere you look, aren't you? I am. I am. You know, the, the heritage here, the, <laughs> literally my family, my brother, my, <laughs> my nephew, my daughter work here. Um, but the, the people inside the store, um, my coworkers, I mean, we're, 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 we're not, there's not a lot of us, but you know, we're, we're close and we take care of each other and we, we love each other like family too. And, and because we like making music, it's, it's easy to, to get excited about making music together, or helping other people make music. So it's, it's exciting. So if you've, if you've got a little kid who is in my position and just is letting the pressure of the lessons make them stop, what's your advice? What should I have done when I was in seventh grade? Play what you want to play. You know, any, any pl playing is practicing. Is that um, it breaks my heart when I hear teachers say, oh, well, 
he's not getting this child isn't going to be any good he's not getting past you know book three or something like that I'm like well well then give him another book three let him keep playing something or play something well all he wants to play is just pop music play something I'm like, well then let him play pop music let him play because yeah. all playing is practicing all playing you're, you're going to get better you're going to enjoy making it doesn't We've had 80-year-old students who are never going to get past book three, but it was because they did it for their brain and they enjoyed it, and it was just that was what they wanted to do. So, just, as I said, you got to encourage everybody at any level. You know, I'm guessing the chances are pretty good that you've played an instrument from Lighthold Music. I hope you enjoyed it, and if this has inspired you to pick that instrument back up and start playing again. Well, then we've done our job. I'm Ken Cooper. This is Around River City. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of the conversation.